0: Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Well, there you have it. Can you believe that in just over 12 hours, 12 and a half hours, it will no longer be 2017, but we will be living in the days of 2018. As, as Sim said earlier, you know, this year sometimes have been, uh, for some, have been tricky, been a bit tough for some. And so 2018 may seem a little bit like uh, a superhero, like, a bit like a lifesaver. Ah, oh, new year, new start. And so it got me thinking about, you know, saving and what that means and what it looks like. Saving. And, uh, you know, if I think about saving, I think of, uh, you know, the football score. uh, Staying at nil-nil. Yes, through a lack of goals, but also due to really good saves from the goalkeeper. Um, I also think of the button I press uh, constantly when I'm on the computer that a document I've just created that I don't want to lose. I press that button all the time. I also think, uh, when I think about saving, I think of those going shopping tomorrow in the sales. Who's already been? Yeah, some of you. Uh, So, you know, we we go to the sales, don't we, to grab a bargain and to save money. Uh, I also think about the countless times I caught my nephew last week from falling over in muddy puddles, saving his mum from uh, changing his clothes for the third time that day. I also think of... uh, Superhero movies, of course, where they save the city or the damsel in distress and they come to the rescue. And I also think of a a story that uh, is mine, that belongs to me, that there was a time where I needed saving. And this moment was a f- uh, fair few years ago now. I was at Bible College, and as part of Bible College, we have tutor groups. And we, meet, we used to meet every week uh, to reflect, to pray, and to support one another, but also to have fun. And so on this particular occasion, uh, we chose to go boating. Now, if you've ever been to Christchurch in Bournemouth, uh, there's a company there who uh, allows you to hire little boats with little engines that allow you to go up the river and come back again. It's very nice. And, uh, and so we decided to do this. And I was on the first boat that went out, and uh, we realised after a little while that we were uh, a bit ahead of the other boats. We filled a few, and, uh, but that was okay. We kind of just carried on. Uh, and then we turned a corner. Uh, as you do in boats, uh, we turned kind of a corner past a hedge and we saw something um, that was really uh, interesting. It was a rope hanging from a branch of a tree that was on the river edge. And, uh, and the rope had a, a stick, kind of like a rope swing. It was kind of there. And uh, immediately, with no hesitation, my mate dared me to grab hold of it. And being a very sensible and wise Bible college student, I did, and uh, this is what I looked like. (laughs) There's me hanging on to this rope from a tree, because what happened was I grabbed hold of the bit of wood, and the boat left my feet. And I was there, stranded, hanging on for dear life. And I don't know if you've ever been in kind of a situation like that, maybe not where you've made a silly decision and nearly paying for it, but where you're you're just stranded and there's no way out. And so I was hanging there for about three minutes, which doesn't seem like a long time, but it definitely felt like a long time because the boats had to kind of catch up and I was like, help me, help me. And uh, and if they hadn't come when they did to save me, then uh, my arms probably would have fallen off and I would have returned home in very wet and soggy clothes. And, uh, you know, it, it, it got me thinking about saving. And, and in that moment, I've realized since that I was in utter... I, I was just completely helpless by myself. I just could not do anything else apart from clench my hands and hope that another boat will come and save me. And, uh, and I don't know if you have been in a situation like that where there's been nothing else you can do but to wait to be saved, or to hope to be saved. And on this last day of maybe this crazy year for some of us, this year of adventure that's only just begun, uh, you know, I really firmly believe that God wanted to uh, remind us of something really simple, uh, and to bring to our attention uh, something very, very simple, and it is this, that God loves to save God loves, he loves to save. He is the God of salvation. He is the author of salvation. And he is and always will be in the business of saving. And how do we know this? Well, apart from the testimony that sits in this room, uh, we can see it throughout scripture, all the way through. And so let's just take a look at some of them. Um, We've got Noah. Noah, we read off in Genesis. He was a godly man. And uh, and he was amongst evil people in the world, and God sent a flood, but God saved Noah and his family from the flood. He saved Noah and his family's lives. Uh, The people of Israel, they were saved, of course, from the Egyptians, from the Pharaoh, because they were uh, captive by them. And uh, and God sent Moses and Aaron, and uh, they said, let my people go, Uh, and eventually Pharaoh gave in. God sent them out, and they got to the river, God parted the sea, and God led them to safety. He saved them in that circumstance as well. We've got Rahab. Uh, Rahab we read in Joshua 2, who um, is a lovely lady, uh, who uh, is kind to God's people. Uh, At her own risk, she uh, saves two spies that have gone in. And uh, at her own risk, she could have got caught. Uh, And yet God sees that and and favours her and and honours her for that. uh, And saves her and her family from the city who were going to be destroyed. God saved Nineveh. Uh, Nineveh's a really interesting place. I did some research on Nineveh this week and it was really interesting. Uh, But kind of not anything to do with what we're doing today. So uh, we'll leave that for another day. But Nineveh. and, And you think of Nineveh with Jonah. Because Jonah was sent to Nineveh by God, and, uh, and Jonah thought, oh, I'd rather not, uh, because they were a horrible people. And so Jonah turns the other way, uh, God persists, and eventually after being in a, a belly of a big fish, uh, Jonah gives in and says, okay God, I'll go to Nineveh. He goes to Nineveh, uh, he tells them of God's judgment and salvation, his truth and his grace, and God saves the city of Nineveh. Uh, God saves Jesus, Mary, and Joseph uh, from the story we've just read, haven't we, over Christmas time, where King Herod is looking for Jesus to kill him. And uh, God saves them, he sends them away, uh, and he saves, them, saves Jesus, really, from being killed as a two-year-old, doesn't he, as a baby. Uh, Jesus Jesus saves Peter, uh, Peter from drowning as he uh, grows a bit nervous walking on the water. In Mark 4, alongside other accounts, Jesus saves the disciples. On many of occasions, Jesus saves the disciples. But in this case, he saves them from dying in the storm. Uh, Jesus calms the storm, doesn't he? And and allows them to uh, have peace and, and, and be safe from the storm. Jesus saves them. Uh, We've got Zacchaeus, the tax collector in Luke 19. Uh, Zacchaeus climbs a tree because he's really short and he can't see Jesus. Jesus sees him and says, look, I want to come to your house. And he does. And when Jesus gets there, they obviously have a conversation which isn't recorded. But Jesus says, today in this house, salvation has come. God saves Zacchaeus. And the last one, Jesus saves the woman caught in adultery uh, in John 8 from being stoned. Well, the law said her punishment Um, was being stoned if she was caught in adultery. But Jesus stops all of that with one command. He says, um, what does he say? Uh, He says, let the one who uh, has has not ever sinned throw the first stone and saves the woman. And so God loves to save. He loves to save people. He loves to save us from harm from physical death, from danger, from the wickedness of others. But of course, we know, don't we, that God loves to save us from something uh, bigger than that. And that is from ourselves, but from the sin that entangled and imprisoned us. The greatest salvation, I guess, of all salvations, is the salvation that he gives us from death into life. We are a saved people, and God loves it. He loves it. He loves to save. And so let's turn to Ephesians. Uh, Paul, a writer of many of the letters in, Ephes- uh, in the New Testament, uh, he uh, talks about this salvation a lot on many times because he wants the church to get it, uh, this salvation. So let's just read uh, some of this, what he tells them. So uh, this is to the church in Ephesus, chapter 2 from verse 1 to 10. So here he is. He starts by telling them, look, this is where you were. This is what you were. This is how we were. So as for you, you were dead in your wrongdoings and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which is the enemy, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So let's just stop there, pause there for a moment. So Paul is saying, look, this is where we were. We were dead in our sins. We were dead in our, uh, in our sins, in the evil that we were, uh, were amongst, and that the enemy had a hold on us. Uh, the enemy had a hold, and, and he was controlling us sometimes, and, and he was uh, always in our minds, and we were dead to sin. The thoughts, the actions, the, the things we took part in, Paul says, were the ways of the world. That's what we were like. And, uh, and basically, the, the wrath and the punishment, he says at the end, the wrath we were deserving of, it was ours. And so Paul uh, continues with a very big but. He continues with a very big but, because this was the old. This was the old, and, and Paul is now going, look, here's the new. So let's continue. He continues with a very big but, and he says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made you alive, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions and our sins. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so you see Paul is saying, look, we were dead, now we're alive. We were blind, and now we can see. We were part of the world, but now we are part of Jesus We are a saved people. And he talks about this so much in his letters to the church because he wants them to get it. And I think that's why God wants to remind us of that today. That he loves to save. And he loves that we are saved. And I guess, you know, yes, he loves to save. But I was kind of like, why does he love to save? And I think the answer to that question is he loves to save because he loves who he saves. He loves who he saves, which is, of course, us. And I'm convinced of this, that he loves to save us, because, of course, he loves us. But I guess the question um, that we could ask ourselves today is, okay, well, God loves us, uh, God loves to save, but do we like to be saved? Or do we want to? To be saved. Because it's very much, you know, I love to save you, I I save you. But sometimes we don't want to be saved. And you might say, well, that's a bit of a strange question, really. Well, of course you want to be saved if you're in trouble, right? Like if the damsel in distress, of course, is in trouble, the superhero will come. And she's not going to moan about that, is she? But I guess for some, for many, more than maybe we think, to be saved or the need to be saved for many uh, is not always easy to admit. It's not always easy to admit we live in a world which encourages self-promotion. The kind of do-it-yourself mentality. And I guess the uncomfortable truth is to admit that we need saving requires humility and vulnerability. And I guess the question is, are we prepared to do that? Do we want to be saved? Are we prepared to be humble and vulnerable in front of God? And not only is the need to be saved hard to admit sometimes, but also sometimes hard to accept. Because the need to be saved requires trust from the one who is doing the saving. If the damsel in distress didn't trust Batman, then maybe she wouldn't want to be saved. Do we trust God to save? Do we trust that he will? Do we trust that he wants to? And accepting the need to be saved, it does require that uh, that. Uh, faith. And I guess when I hung on to that rope swing, I didn't really think about whether it would fall. <laughs> I just did it. But, you know, that's unwise, right? I'm going, I'm going to hold on to this. Wall. Hold on. I don't know if it will fall. There's a bit of trust in there, isn't there? It's saving. But I trusted the people in the boats because they were my mates to come and save me. And so to surrender to God, yes, it's all, uh, we know it's the right thing to do. Uh, to put God of the universe in the driving seat is obviously the, the wisest decision you could ever make. But are we doing this? God loves to save, but do we want to be saved? And are we inviting him to do the saving? Are we willing to need God's salvation in our finances in 2018? Are we willing to need God's salvation in our job situation, in our relationships, in our marriage, in our relationship with our kids, uh, running a business that you may run or throughout your daily routine? Are we willing to trust God's salvation through our eating habits or our drinking habits or the addictions? God loves to save us from these things. But do we want God to save us from these things? We've got to open ourselves up, haven't we, for God to be able to do that. And I don't know about you, but in the situation where I was, I was hanging on that bit of rope, I was completely helpless. And I, I guess I had no one else to turn to. I, 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 the only w- reason, way to be saved was to trust the other people in the boat. But I guess for us, sometimes that might not always be the case, because we may think we can do it ourselves. Or there might be an easier option. Or a more comfortable option to do so. So, you know, today is 2017. Tomorrow will be 2018. And before tonight, I guess I challenge you to ask yourself this question. Do I want God's salvation in my life? In all areas, rather than just the ones I pick and choose. And I challenge you to talk to him about it. Um, Obviously, there's only 12 hours left. Uh, But, you know, try and do. sit down and go, God, what is it? What is it that I'm not trusting you with? What what do I need saving from? What do do I need you here to do? And am I trusting you? Am I believing for you to do so? God loves to save. And so I guess our invitation is, do we accept that salvation? Do we receive salvation? that salvation that he gives us. And yes, of course, salvation of life and from death to life, but also in things in our lives, in, in the daily routine. I need saving all the time. <laughs> you know, what, what are those things that we're not uh, allowing God to, to save us from? So why don't we pray together, Jim, if you could come up. Uh, we're going to sing together the um, uh, mighty, what's it called? Mighty to Save. Mighty to save, uh, you know, which is all about God being our saviour and and being mighty to do that. And uh, I guess whilst we sing this, uh, why don't we try and bring to mind some of those things that we we feel like we've got to make sure that we're in line with God and going, God, I'm not trusting you with this at the moment. Can I give, I want to give that to you. Uh, God, I need saving from this. Save me from this situation or from this uh, circumstance. So why don't we stand together uh, and we'll pray. Yeah, let's pray. Father, we we thank you for one, that you love to save. We thank you for the stories we've heard today and from scripture that you love to save. And God, we recognize that, yes, you love to save because you love the people that you save. And Father, we are so grateful for that. Father, thank you that you have saved us. But Lord, we recognize that uh, sometimes we uh, put a barrier up and we don't want you to save us from certain things. We feel like we can do it ourselves or um, we've got it covered. God, you don't need to worry about that. But God, right now in this moment, Father, we give them to you. God, we give them to you and, and say, God, we know that you love to save. And God, I'm choosing today that I want you to save. I want you to save me from this thing and if you're uh, not a believer yet and that is the, the thing that you'd love to do then do not you say this prayer with me God uh, I, I believe that you're real God I, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me and with a grateful heart I receive your forgiveness thank you God for saving me And may you help me live the life that you want me to live. And Father, for those of us who there's a specific situation we're thinking of now, God, we lift it up to you. Would you bring salvation to our minds, to our hearts? And Lord, may we be free. Lord, you've set us free and we're free indeed, for sure. But in some situations, God, you know that we hold on to things. And Father, we ask that you would break us out of those. Bring freedom, we pray. And Lord, we thank you for this incredible year. This year of adventure that's only just begun. And Lord, we ask as we uh, go into the next, Lord, may we remember, may we remember, remember, never lose the wonder that you love to save. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.